After Jesse Tedisco got out of the Navy, he spent several years in the financial planning industry before starting his own agency, 46 and 2 Wealth Planners. Coming up next, a veteran on the move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. Make your holiday purchases more rewarding with the Navy Federal Credit Union Cash Rewards Credit Card, where members earn unlimited 1.5% cash back on every purchase they make. Visit NavyFederal.org for more details and to apply. All right, talking with Navy veteran Jesse Tedisco, 46 and 2 Wealth Partners and host of the Jesse T Show podcast. Thanks for being here today, Jesse. Appreciate it. Um, before we get talking about all the other stuff, take us back. Tell us what you did in the Navy. Oh, my goodness. Uh, made a mistake. <laughs> I got in, <laughs> I got in Corps, on the premise right? of undesignated, and I didn't know what that meant. I was uh, really, I grew up with heavy military influence. My mom was ex-Vietnam uh, War veteran, full active service, active duty. Uh, my grandfather served in World War II, had a lot of aunts and uncles, and so um, there was military blood in the family, but for me, I was always an entrepreneur at heart. And I, I really didn't see myself in the military until it was straighten your life out as a crazy kid from Boston or, you know, suffer the consequences. So with some urging from my mother and, uh, you know, some other people, it, you know, it saved my life essentially. Yeah. Wow. And what did you end up doing when you were in the Navy? Yeah. So I went in undesignated, uh, in which again, cause I didn't, you know, know too much about it and I became a boat to me. And so I used to drive a, a small aircraft carrier on a, a Marine detachment in LHD. Uh-huh. And when I wasn't steering or anchoring operations, I was basically a glorified janitor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, sounds good. Um, talk about, talk a little bit about your transition. How long, how long were you in the Navy? And then when you're transitioning out of the Navy, what would you end up doing? Yeah, actually, my, my service was cut a bit short. Uh, I was in for the full, you know, four, four years uh, with an option to go for a fifth. And um, two years into it, my mother uh, basically was, we thought she was terminally ill with almost stage four cancer. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, through conversations with XO and chaplain, things like that, basically, I got a, an administrative discharge to go spend time with her when I thought she was going to die. Thankfully, because she was such a badass, uh, they gave her one year. She lived for eight total. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I did two years full service active duty in uh, uh, Operation Iraqi Freedom. Awesome. And then, so your, your transition happened pretty quick there because you're getting out because your mom's health. W- what happened as that all unfolded and it looked like she was going to be around for a little while? Yeah. What did you do after um, that? And, you know, post, post-Navy, um, what were you looking at doing? You know, the, the, the beautiful thing about the Navy, and I still have some really good friends to this day from that experience, was it just taught me a lot about what I didn't know. It taught me a lot about the work ethic and, you know, the, uh, you know, I'd grown up in Boston. I thought I knew everything, but as soon as I left Boston and got to see some different parts of, you know, even the United States, I realized how much I didn't know. And so it put me on a path that I've always kind of been on, with, which is being a student and learning. And so I learned really quickly what I liked and what I didn't like. And what I liked was making my own decisions and not being told what to do. That was hard for me to swallow when I was in the military, having people telling me what to do, especially people, as you've probably seen, where you felt that they weren't qualified to tell you what to do, but they may have had title or rank or whatever it was. And so I, I learned 
plus a few iterations before the Navy that, you know, being an entrepreneur was going to be my path and being independent as, as independent as I could be. Um, but having that servant leader's heart where I would take that information that I would learn and, and grow with that information, be able to give it back to people and help them grow in their walk in life too. Wow. That's awesome. All right. So um, currently the founder of 46 and two wealth partners, tell us about what you're doing at wealth partners and what you guys do and how do you serve folks? Yeah, man. So uh, I grew up poor in Boston. So I, I definitely came from a uh, scarcity mindset, but I knew early on that, you know, relationships and people were going to be where I excelled and trying to figure that out into a career. You know, I found finance back in 2011. Uh, and, and through those years up until, t- you know, 2020 present day, I learned the right way and the wrong way to do business as a financial planner. And essentially just for some context, there's 400,000 or so financial professionals in the United States. 5% of us are fiduciaries. Fiduciary is just a funny word to say we don't screw over our clients and we've taken extra steps to show that. So I don't sell products and services. I don't, I don't take commissions. I align perfectly with my clients and their needs. And I help entrepreneurs and business owners uh, and uh, executives mainly live life well. So wherever life intersects with money, whether that's financial planning, investment management, I help them make wise decisions so they can basically eventually stop trading time for money. Yeah. And so do you deal with a wide range of clients or do you find you have a certain uh, sweet spot that you like to yeah. service? Definitely have a sweet spot. Uh, when I first started and I think every entrepreneur's journey, they kind of just throw spaghetti against the wall, hoping something sticks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've learned through the years what I like and what I want to bring into my life for my business and the types of people I want in my business. So I get these, uh, entrepreneur type people, successful business owners and executives. I've been both in my life. So I look out the same window. I understand what the needs are of each very well. Um, and I can really help those people uh, pretty intensely. And so I do look for, you know, specific people to bring in the business. The first checkpoint and anything I do is, are they a good human being? If they're going to be a PETA, like a pain in the ass, if they're going to be someone who is going to be more trouble than the potential upside, my quality of life as you know, our mutual friend Steven talks about a ton is, is utmost to, you know, your business should serve you and, and, you know, that, that should kind of, you know, be how you look at it. Right. Yeah. That's a great way of looking at it. Well, Hey, uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. For over 30 years as a Navy federal member, I've been through just about every military and life event, deployments, home loans, car loans, credit cards, unexpected financial events, And I can say that Navy Federal gets the military. At Navy Federal, members of the mission. Make your holiday purchases more rewarding with the Navy Federal Credit Union Cash Rewards Credit Card, where members earn unlimited 1.5% cash back on every purchase they make. Your rewards won't expire while your account is open. And best of all, you can redeem them online or with the mobile app as soon as they're earned. Plus, Cash Rewards Card is contactless, meaning you can make payments quickly and securely with just the tap of your card. At Navy Federal, members of the mission. Visit NavyFederal.org for more details and to apply. Open to the Armed Forces, DOD, veterans, and their families. Message and data rates may apply. Insured by NCUA. All right, back talking with Navy veteran Jesse Tedisco from 46 and 2 Wealth Partners. So, Jesse, um, we are talking over the break you have initially got got involved in banking and then eventually you, be, you got involved in the financial services industry um, before you went out on your own. So take us back and talk about what 
as far as banking first and what that was like and how you found your way into the financial services industry? So I had just exited uh, a three and a half year run as an entrepreneur, was pretty successful. Uh, we suffered a, another life changing. My, my ex-wife and I lost a daughter before we had our two sons. And so there was this, uh, this need for really honing in on what I really wanted to do with my life. I learned the value of time. I've, I've held death in my hands a couple of times with my daughter and my mother. And so understanding that moment is the most important thing in terms of right now is what we have. I really wanted to double down on what I wanted to do and finance had attracted me. Entrepreneurship still was there, but I needed to kind of really honestly like round out the edges. I was kind of like a diamond in the rough. And so I got into banking uh, through a relationship I had with this company called Paychex. So I was doing sales with Paychex that they sell payroll to small business owners and they help them do things with, you know, inner workings of their business. Mm -hmm. And they had a relationship with this company that used to be here in the United States called RBC Bank, which is still very much a big bank in Canada. Yeah. But they had a U.S. footprint and that U.S. footprint was in the Southeast mainly. And so RBC Bank had a relationship with Paychex and we were just referral partners, trading business back and forth to each other. Yeah. They saw my background, they saw my energy, my, my ability, they, they recruited me into banking from paychecks. And so in 2011, I went on about a four-year run as a banker, from banker to branch manager, vice president, business banker, and vice president means nothing these days, just sounds fancy. <laughs> but basically, I learned how to handle client relationships in a financial setting, from deposit accounts to lending accounts to, uh, you know, various types of like, uh, you know, just kind of transactional type stuff. But really what was attracting me to banking was I was dealing with a lot of entrepreneurs and business people day to day. And that was what I always felt like I should be and was before. And so after that four year run did really well in banking and kind of achieved at a pretty high level. Um, I was recruited again, a way to state farm to become a state farm agent. And the reason why I liked that idea was because I was able to go back to be an entrepreneur, which is what I wanted to do. It's always been in my DNA but most importantly, the way I was doing it was through financial planning because to become a state farm agent nowadays, you have to get insurance licenses. You have to get financial planning licenses. You have to be like well-rounded to be able to talk about all these money conversations. And I figured I'd go in, run the business, which I had done before, manage a few people, and then handle the financial planning side while they took care of the insurance side. Mm -hmm. So long story short, when I got into state farm, I was only there for a year and a half. And two weeks before I opened for my grand opening, there was this person that was kind of injected into my life called a sales leader. So even though this person, you know, was supposed to kind of have my best interest at heart, this person and I had like a complete conflict of interest in terms of character. And, you know, I was bullied growing up as a kid and like, you know, remedied, remedied that through the years through different ways from martial arts and different things. But um, I stand up for those that are being bullied. And this guy was known as a big bully. And so he came into my office one day and said, X, Y, Z, about what was going on. I was like, well, I'm focused on opening this office in two weeks. And we just kind of got into this weird conversation that was fueled by my desire to show up for those people that he was kind of stepping on. And so we got into a bad conversation that just learned, turned into a, I knew that I wasn't, my time was numbered because in 12 months time, they have the keys to your contract and say, Hey, listen, we don't want you. And so I could, I could pour in all this money and build this business. And at the end of 12 months, he could say for whatever reason that we don't. So I just knew that I had to get out of there. Hmm. That being said, I had built this book of business. I had built these relationships. I had gotten all these licenses and I was like, I don't want to just piss all that away. So I looked at the wife, had a tough conversation. I said, we're going to shut down this business with your blessing. And I could do this on my own. I can go out and do this independently. 
And so from that transition in January of 2016, February of 2016, or is that 17? 17. I opened up Tedisco Financial, which was this financial planning based company, but still wasn't kind of the thing that I wanted to do. It was like a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. And the goal was to do that for two years, build the book of business, build relationships, build some revenue, and then step into what I'm doing today, which is 46 and two wealth partners, which is a fee only registered investment advisory firm advising people on financial planning. And so the, the progression was always stepping up and towards what it became today. In regards to, regards to the financial planning business, when you're, when you're a financial planner, there's a number of different companies out there. Um, that was actually one of the things I was looking at, at doing when I got out of the military many years ago. Um, cause I truly embraced financial planning and read a lot of really good financial planning books and, you know, even the stuff like, uh, years ago, Charles Givens and of course, uh, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad Poor Dad, oh, and all that stuff got me really stuff. interested in like the whole concept of financial planning and knowing your money and getting your money to work for you. So, it was only fitting that, you know, possibly being a financial planner was, you know, possibility for yep. me, but, um, went, went another route with aviation. So talk about what, what you do typically as a financial advisor, um, independent financial advisor or working for one of these other companies, because there's a lot of military guys, they got that yeah. entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial streak, but maybe they would rather plug into something like this where they're still an entrepreneur, but they're working within a structure that's already defined. Generally, there's two ways you can go. It's, it's either you're uh, independent, which is where I'm at now, or you're working through a broker-dealer where you have licenses that are held at the broker-dealer, let's say Series 6, Series 7. Uh, these are sales licenses. You can sell products and services with these investment products. And the issue for me there, again, being that rebel at heart wanting to be independent was, number one, I was getting a haircut and everything I sold. So instead of getting 100% of what I went out and caught and killed, so to speak, I would get 75%, 80%. So that was a big issue for me right there. But I needed that stepping stone to get into the industry. So I knew what I was getting into. Mm-hmm. Um, the other issue is the oversight, which again, this depends on what you want. You may need someone to kind of groom you and grow through the process. So aligning with a broker dealer, like a Securities America or some of these LPL, some of these big companies are out there might make sense. They give you help with marketing. They give you help with training. They give you help with sales techniques. That stuff is great to a degree. But once you've had enough of that, for me, also looking at the industry, most people I felt like are doing it wrong. And my value prop is I'm different than those people because I'm a fiduciary, which you never have to worry about if what I'm doing is right for you. Cause I only win when you win. It's not, I don't need to sell you 10 annuities a month. I don't need to sell you a mutual fund. I don't need to sell you any of that crap, which is most of it's crap. Anyway, I literally say, Hey Joe, you are going to buy a vacation house. This is the best way to do it. Hey Joe, you want to keep more of your money. This is the best way to do it. Joe, you have investments over at TD Ameritrade. Let me manage those for you and I'll do the trades for you and all that stuff. You just pay me to be in your life and give you great advice and manage your investment. So I think it just comes down to, I get this question a lot from peers and from people that are trying to figure out their way in financial planning services. What do you want your life to look like? And then work back from there. Do you want to be independent? Do you want to have someone telling you what to do? Do you need help? Do you not need help? From a practicality standpoint, can you afford to do it? As an entrepreneur, it comes down to dollars and cents at the end of the day. Like, like, can you keep the lights on? Can you take care of business? And so once you have those frameworks built out in your mind, you can kind of work your way back and figure out where you want to start. Yeah. And um, typically, how do you structure your fees? Is it typically a percentage of, of the total value of the managed portfolios that usually how it works? 
that's where the beautiful handshake comes into play. I call it a beautiful handshake. Like they, I want my clients to do well because I'll get paid more. Right. So mm-hmm. I don't need, you know, it comes down to 1% annually on the management of their assets. But I also charge a consulting fee, which is, you know, X amount of money per year so that I can give them ongoing financial planning advice. Cause you really can't do one with the other. You, you can't give somebody sound planning advice if you only know half the story. So I need to be able to manage their investments and I need to be able to give them financial planning advice around those investments or life goals. And so there's a fee for the advice and then there's a fee for the portfolio management. Mm -hmm. And um, how often do you, you know, one of the things about going into the financial services industry is you quickly find find yourself that you're, you're, you're more of a salesman or at least in the beginning, because you're trying to sell people um, on your services. So uh, especially in the beginning, um, did you have to go through a lot of sales training and you know, what portion of, of your job in the beginning was all about sales? Yeah. Yeah. So just for some context, I've been in sales my whole life. I used to buy, sell, trade comic books, baseball cards, you know, in Boston, you grew up with a hustle, like shoveling snow for money. <laughs> um, sometimes I was involved in a non-legal hustle here and there. So it's like, I had these, uh, inner workings of sales growing up, but my first sales job was outside sales door to door cold call on commission. So I was in the, the, the Navy sales training of sales and it completely shaped who I am. So to jump forward with that experience to, you know, being a registered rep working for a broker dealer, which a lot of these people do as financial planning people or financial services people, they have quotas and they have, they have, you have to sell X amount of this or X amount of that. And their fear of loss, well, you may lose this or you may not be able to work it. Like, and so it really muddies the waters and makes it convoluted. And that's where the problems come from. And so, yes, you do have to sell if you're at that capacity, if you're in a relationship where you're working for somebody else. Or what I decided to do is after doing that for a couple of years and making my bones, so to speak, and building my book of business, I decided to completely go in reverse. And I don't sell anything anymore. I sell my advice. I sell, you work with me as a consultant and I'm going to give you the best advice as I possibly can. And you're going to pay me for that advice. And so they're really just paying for my time and my, my experience outside of the investments and trading that I do inside of their accounts. And so that was also a big thing for me too, was even though I love sales and I've been in sales for many years and you know I've done well with sales, I didn't want to have to sell a product or service and start over January 1st every year, basically at zero. Even if I did a whole bunch of stuff from the year before, the reoccurring revenue wasn't there. So from a business standpoint, a business model, it really doesn't make sense unless you have to do it for a short amount of time and then you can go out on your own and live the life you want to live. Oh, that's interesting. Now, do you incorporate um, in your, in your podcast, the, the Jesse T show, are you incorporating uh, financial planning, financial advising, those, those kinds of things? Is your podcast mostly financial, uh, personal finance focused? It's the opposite. So I take interesting people, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, creators, and athletes, I shine a light on them. And I, and I, I share their journey. A lot of them have heroes journeys, things they've overcome, you know, against the odds to be able to build something great or do something great. And it's turned into this beautiful marketing arm of 46 and two, because I'm not boring people to death. Even if it's sound advice or like great information, a lot of people are going to turn off. Like they're just not going to be into it. Like it's just not interesting. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is sometimes I'll have conversations where those things eke out, but for the most part, it's all about your journey, your story. And then what happens is the people that come on the show, there's this reciprocity thing that's built. It's like, well, you've been on my show. Like, you know, what can I do to help you? And one of two things happens. It's 
well, let's talk more about how I can, you know, be a value to you as a financial planner, or do you know anyone I can connect with that that may help? And so it's just really kind of started off as this way to communicate, connect with people, but it's turned into a really great way to meet new people for my uh, financial planning business. Yeah. How long have you been podcasting? A little over two years. So uh, June of 2018 is when we started. Uh-huh. We put out an episode a week. We've done, you know, close to a hundred episodes. There was um, a little time period where I took a break to go take care of some stuff in Boston, but uh, an episode a week for the last two years. And uh, I started a second podcast here a couple months ago with a good buddy of mine. Oh yeah. What's that one all about? So this one's fun. So this is, uh, you know, the Jesse T show is great. If you want to level up in life and in business, health yeah. and wellness relationships, things that I'm into, I get experts to talk about that stuff. But the second one's called soup sandwich and soup sandwich is just a complete shit show. I don't know if I could swear <laughs> on the show. I apologize. But, uh, so, so it's basically like an amalgamation of all interesting topics from conspiracy theories like UFOs or the pedophilia rings that go on in Hollywood or Jeffrey Epstein to, you know, civil rights stuff to all the stuff, the topical stuff that's going on in the world right now. This guy that I've known for years, it's, uh, he's in business for himself too. We just come on and it's like a great way to, it's kind of an escapism for us where we can kind of shoot the crap and like have a good conversation and mm-hmm. uh, just talk about some interesting things and have some guests on the show. Yeah. That's interesting. Huh. Um, it kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, that, uh, that movie producer guy, his name's Kevin Smith. He's, he's, yes. he's a younger guy, but he's got a couple like clerks and clerks too. all, all of his oh, movies yeah. have like yeah. this cultish following. He's got, you know, as far as podcasting goes, Early on, he embraced it early on, and him and him and a bunch of his buddies would just be sitting around BSing, and they'd just record yeah. it, and that would be a podcast. It's a hang, for sure. It's it's more uh, in the style of Joe Rogan, for those that know Rogan. He's pretty much one of the wizards when it comes to the podcasting, and yeah. I just love this stuff. I love the people he has on, the stuff he talks about. I'm into all that stuff. I'm, I'm into weird stuff, so it's, uh, it's, it's good to be able to talk about it. Yeah. So, you know, from a, from a perspective of where you're at now, if you're looking back, uh, talking to somebody that's still in the military or you know, on their way out, uh, looking to get into the entrepreneurial game or whatever that may be. What kind of what kind of things come to mind? What kind of advice would you have for them as they're looking on the outside? Yep. Uh, self-awareness and honesty are huge. So knowing if it's something you want to do and if it's something that you've kind of had an inkling towards in your life, not to say that you can't be successful if you've never done it before, but it helps if you have – like an ability to either adapt or learn on the fly. And so um, the other cliche kind of thing is, is, is fail forward. You know, the faster you fail, the faster you can learn, but you have to be practical with that. You can't just take a ton of money and throw it away just because you want to fail. You have to try to succeed as well, working mm-hmm. hard. So I think discipline and execution are something that's just never going to go away. You can have all the mo- motivation in the world, but you know, those things are fleeting. So if you can, if you can put in the work, if you can identify the type of work that you want to do, the biggest piece of advice is go do it and shut off the noise. So like for me, I'm really big on surrounding myself with people that are wiser than me and people that know things that I don't know because I'm a student. I want to learn. And so you have to follow the people that have done what you want to do. So you can have a friendship. Like, let's say for me, I I have this, uh, this mentor, his name is Patrick Tucker. He's extremely successful investment advisor in the space that I'm operating in as a fiduciary. Mm-hmm. He's a family man. He's big into spirituality. He's big into health and wellness. Like all the things that I deem important, he has the same kind of thing, but he's 15 years down the road from where I'm at. So he can give me advice, pitfalls to watch out for things to try. Um, bring him up because you can have another smart person in the room. You can have a doctor in the room, but if they're an OBGYN, they can't tell you how to go build 
an investment management firm, most likely. Mm-hmm. So you have to find someone that's ahead of where you are to tell you kind of like how to navigate and then take that advice and implement it into your life. And so the mentor, the self-awareness, the practicality and hard work, it all has to come together. Awesome. Okay. Well, hey, if, if we wanted to look up uh, 46 and 2 Wealth Partners, how would we find you? Yeah, it's just the numbers 46, the word and, the number 2. So 46and2wealthpartners.com. Uh, and then you can just search out the podcast, The Jesse T, that's T-E-E, The Jesse T Show. Awesome. Well, thanks, Jesse. Thanks for sharing your entrepreneurial success story, veteran entrepreneurial success story. So good luck to your future success and uh, we'll stay in touch. My pleasure, Joe. Thank you for your time and thank you to your listeners for checking it out. All right, you bet. All right, these two veterans are asking Mike. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show... Leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.